one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money in over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love game trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Herb Lennon. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads. Two information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet that's working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the characters, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. It's great to have you here. We are brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S dot com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Anything you need for the trap line, Cotsboros has it. Brought to you by Onyx Maps. Use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. This is an incredible app that you'll use for so many different things. It is the source for mapping on your phone. Mark waypoints, trap locations. Check out the latest aerial imagery, do your scouting, and get landowner information at onxmaps.com. Use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, for 20% off. And Moyle Mink and Tannery, get your fur tan by the professionals. Moyle has been in this business for decades. They're a family-run company. They do an awesome job and produce a quality product at a very reasonable price. Um, Really, what are you going to do with your fur? I mean, you could sell raw fur. We do a lot of that. Uh, but tanning fur preserves it for the long term and provides you with that flexibility in marketing to do something else with your fur, whether that's to make hats, mitts, uh, other fur products, whether you want to uh, have a wall hanger, make a rug. There are just so many different things you can do with fur if you get it preserved. If you let it sit around, it's going to go bad. The bugs are going to get to it. Not good. So check out Moyle, moyle.net, M-O-Y-L-E, and find out how you can send fur to them. They have an online customer portal where you can get your uh, order processed uh, about 30 days faster than normal. So um, check that out. It's a, a great chance to uh, to really get uh, get that stuff back. I know you know typically products come in uh, to the tannery and it takes a long time. You know you're talking months to get your stuff back, but uh, they will really put you on the fast track if you go through that customer portal. And it's still, depending on the season, it may take a little more time, may take a little less time, but it's going to be quicker than usual. And thanks to Moyle for renewing our uh, sponsorship, their sponsorship of Trapping Today. We're going to be uh, hearing from them for at least another six months. So that's great. Thank you guys. And thanks for folks who have let them know that they heard about them from the Trapping Today podcast and folks who have thanked Moyle for supporting the Trapping Today podcast. Uh, you guys have gone a long way towards uh, 
helping them to uh, to continue their support. And you can always contact Moyle info, I-N-F-O at Moyle.net. Tonight's episode, part three with Jim Comstock of Comstock Custom Cage. Jim and I talk about how his traps are used, all the multiple uses for these cage traps, different things that you can do with them. Believe it or not, you can even use cage traps to uh, catch beaver under the ice. Um, we even talk about coyotes in cages, which is very unusual, and it, it takes a unique circumstance to make that happen, but Jim tells us about a case where that actually works. Talk about some university research, fisher trapping with the cages, and uh, different configurations on triggers, how that all works. And I asked Jim uh, an important question. If he had to choose one trap to use, cage or not, uh, what would it be? Uh, or if it was not a cage trap, I think it is the way I specified it. What would his one trap of choice be? And that was an interesting answer as well. Jim's a great guy to talk with, had a lot of fun. And thank you for folks who have gotten in touch with him. Uh, it, it is comstockcustomcage.com. That's C-O-M-S-T-O-C-K, customcage.com. And the email is info, I-N-F-O, just like Moyle, info at comstockcustomcage.com. Jim's number. He is a great guy to talk with. He's happy to talk with folks on the phone and steer you in the right direction if you're looking at cage traps and and trying to figure out what you actually want to get for uh, a type or model of trap. That number is 518-792-2371. So let's get into it with Jim Comstock. A lot of people, you know, don't have the money to spend on a bunch of traps and if they can get get two uh, species uh, targeting with one trap that's a huge benefit well the 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 beaver trap can be used for so many things porcupines badger you could use it for armadillos there's this girl um, AADC Angela Hawkins she she is used in some of our traps and she's got one of our beaver traps well um she used it for woodchucks when she didn't have anything else it's it's way overkill but she's always got woodchucks that go right through it get caught well i had one woodchuck that had sprung one of the cage traps then it sprung my cotton bear then it sprung my foot trap and uh it's the only time i ever had that happen and uh so the next year the guy calls me and he said yeah he's back got that hole opened up i was about half a mile from his place the only trap i had with me was the beaver trap and then i went well hell angela catches them in there i can do it and i dropped it in they called me back had him in 20 minutes Hmm. nice but guys will take that bobcat or that beaver trap turn it sideways and they'll catch catch bobcats in it and and of course you'll catch raccoons one guy was actually in uh luke pennington he's in maine um, he set the thing sideways to catch some of his chickens back and he caught a wild turkey. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All kinds of uses. Uh, yeah. I'm looking on your website, comstockcustomcage.com and you got videos there of the, the links being caught and the fisher captures. And I even see you got uh, beaver trapping under the ice with the cages. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you got to chop a bigger hole. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But once it's in, you don't have to worry about sticking ste- stakes in the ground. You don't have to worry about wi- wiring it off. 
you don't you don't have to do anything. It just drops in the bottom, and guess what? You got beaver. The only thing I do is I if I set them side by side, I like to keep them about three four inches apart so they don't reach through to the other and, and maybe uh, bump a trigger on the other trap and fire one okay. without catching something but you know you uh you got a run that's a couple three feet wide you drop two traps in there and as often as not you'll have a couple of beaver but i've i really like if i had to pick one time a year it would be december with about two to three inches of clear ice mm-hmm. oh man you can see all the runs you follow the bubble trails you see exactly what they're doing uh you know two three inches of ice i mean you can't drive on it but you can't you're not going to bust it and you could, with an axe, you could chop a hole out in just a couple of minutes. Drop your trap in, bingo, you prime, got them. Prime time until it oh, snows, yeah. until you get a foot of yeah. snow on top of it. <laughs> well, that's that's bad. Yeah, that's why I tell people. I say if you got some clear ice, I'm coming. You got deep snow, I said, well, wait till spring. Yeah, spring, <laughs> spring's a good time. <laughs> spring's real good. Yeah, but we didn't even that guy sent us pictures with coyotes in in the beaver track uh, so i was going to ask you that because that's kind of seems like the next frontier of cages is is catching coyotes and and i i know it it seems to it's a, it's an oddity right now but what are your thoughts on uh, is there a cage that could consistently catch coyotes if you talk to the people who use them and and one of them is dan gates out uh, president of colorado trappers um, he's the one who's probably, uh, pioneered the most in it. And he says, you want to use a 20 by 30 by 60 trap. Um, he's using them, of course, with a pan in them and, uh, they're single door and he baits them. And, um, the only thing he says is it's three to 400 trap nights to make a catch. Yeah. So, um, I remember watching that and it was a friend of mine, I won't mention his day, but he, he's, he's standing next to me while we're watching it and he leans over and he says, what he's saying is it don't work. (laughs) 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 And, And well, if you've got 20 traps out and you had them out for 20 days, you'd probably make a catch. You know, so you can catch, catch consistently, but you gotta have a lot of equipment and a lot of patience. What about foxes? Are they any any easier? The gray foxes are easier, but the reds are, are kind of tough, too. Yeah. But I'm finding, though, with, uh, you know, like anything, uh, if you use a taller trap, you know, you're using a trap 24 high. Uh, that makes a difference. Now, I make a ring lock trap. You know what Billy Williams' traps are? I don't. Okay, they're a lock ring. So, basically, the door is hinged at the end of the, uh, the frame. It drops down, and then two lock washers drop down and lock it into place. Well, when when I was looking at it, I you know I I I just couldn't figure it out until all of a sudden it's like uh, duh, just hinge it back in six inches, then you can power the door and make it work with the with the triggering system. So, I've been making those uh, for people um, where they use them around pens where they've got uh, rabbits and they're running beagles. And they want to catch the predators before they get inside the pens. So they set them on the outside of the pens. And all they do is, and when I talked to the guy, as soon as he said he wanted a trap, I was like, oh, wow, I know exactly uh, what I would do. And I'm hoping that maybe, you know, he's interested in that. Well, he was a trapper besides a hunter. First thing he says is, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. So you set the traps periodically spaced on the outside of the fence 
and you just put a little twist of wire or whatever to hold the trap in place and you do it in a place where there's a bunch of brush or trees or whatever and it narrows up naturally now you put your baits outside of the trap but up against the fence mm-hmm. so now they go hit the bait and now they're looking for another bait what are they going to do they're going to run the fence line they're going to run structure they follow right along that they come to the trap they blow right through bang they're caught so the taller trap makes it feel like they're less constricted right and they've been catching uh red foxes uh fisher raccoons possum they caught some of their rabbits back they caught some wild rabbits <laughs> and uh they caught a, a, a big male coyote to boot So a lot of times it's just how things are set up. One guy from Florida called up with a beaver trap, needed new trigger wires. And I'm like, well, you're not trapping beaver in Florida. And he said, no, I'm not. I said, well, what are you trapping? And he says, coyotes. I said, do tell. (laughs) I said, have you caught any? And he said, yep, caught three. I said, were they all pups? He said, two pups and a big male. And he had, he used two doors sometimes, and sometimes he used one. I said, are you setting them up against your wife's uh, chicken fence? She said, he said, yep, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So you're putting them in an environment that it's already not quite natural. uh, Right, right, right. And it's similar to what they're used to. It's just a little different mesh wire. Yep. Yeah. They're like, oh, we run, we run by fences all the time to get to these chickens and we haven't gotten pinched yet. No, No problem. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah using the no. animals uh uh any any weakness that animal has we're going to use it against them i guess absolutely you got to exploit it and i say um when people look and they'll say geez he doesn't have a chance i'm like this isn't about chances <laughs> we're, we're not handing out chances here we want to catch them that's the yeah that's that's the uh the overall goal well, you know, you, t- you mentioned, of course, fur trapping in the beginning, too. And, you know, of course, in Massachusetts and Washington um, and Colorado, Arizona, you can't use anything but cage traps pretty much, except under special conditions. You could get permits and things, but it's very limiting. And um, one of our first guys uh, in, in Massachusetts, uh, the first year, um, I, I talked him into buying some fisher traps from us and he caught a bunch of fisher and coon and was very pleased. So the next year I called him back and I said, I don't want to push anything on you, but I'm making beaver traps now. And, um, I think you ought to try a couple. And so he said, all right, send them over. I said, if you don't like them, send them back. Well, then he called up and said, send me three more of them, will you? <laughs> and then he said, send me three more. Well, he trapped beaver all winter, five and a half months, seven days a week, and he usually ran five or six traps a day. He trapped from morning till noon, catches five beaver, come back and put them up every afternoon. He did that for five and a half months. He caught over 400 beaver. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they had written an article. He said 300. And I said, did you really catch 300? He goes, no, not really. He says, it was over 400. <laughs> and then at the same time, there was another fellow on the West Coast. His, his conibear record was 102 beaver with conibears, and that winter he caught 106 beaver in our cages. So it's, uh, uh, it, it's very heartening to know when people have um, been um, returned 
to what they used to do, much like they used to do it with different equipment. Because after the cotton bears were gone, that killed a lot of water trapping. Yeah. And, and the one fellow in Massachusetts said to me, almost made me cry. He said, you've greatly improved the quality of my life. Yeah. How do you, how do you touch that? And yeah. he was back. He was back catching beaver like he did with his kid. Because I said, you know, I said, now you you say you catch beaver with cotton bears under permit. He goes, I get a couple hundred every year. But I said, there's other ones around. He goes, are you kidding me? He says they're everywhere. He says the castor mounds are bigger than muskrat houses. I said, well, geez, maybe you ought to go catch some of them. Try these traps out. And when he did, it was like it was like he was trapping like his schoolboy trapping again. He was back trapping the places that he hadn't trapped in decades. Yeah, I, I feel terrible for those guys that live in places where, you know, what they grew up loving to do has been taken away from them. Oh, that's awesome. I, I always say, well, I'd move. But not everybody can just pick up and move, when, you know, when something like that happens. So you, you, oh, your life completely changes. It does. You get so many entanglements, you know. Um, you know, you know everybody. You know where the places are to trap and just just everything about it. You know the area. And, and just to, to, to pack up your stuff and go, it's not easy. No. But, uh, yeah, I say when, when guys, when a guy, when he made a comment like that, I mean, it was like, wow. I mean, that was, you can't top it. And he was back doing it again and catching just like he always did. And, uh, you know, the, the traps are excellent for otter. I mean, I, I use them for otter. Uh, you can use them on dry sets. Uh, you can use them, um, um, you know, in runs like you do for beaver, you catch muskrats in them. It's, they're a fine turtle trap. And if the fish are running, you're going to be having a fish fry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are you those triggers just like the standard two wire trigger that you'd have in a body grip trap? Or, or are there creative ways that people configure those? Um, uh, for the beaver traps, I've got three sets of V wires. They, and then they, they're twisted together. So you put the V's through and then you twist them with each other. So it makes kind of a wall across there. Okay. Uh, and then we, we do actually, that was the initial ones we came up with. But then I wanted to add to that to give people more options. So we made it what we call a clip-on wire. And what I did was I was uh, just a, a configuration with spring steel. And I figured out how to do it to basically put feet on the wire so you take the two feet squeeze them together slide them over the the swing bar spread them apart and they bind right in solid they're they're on there like iron and the the best part of that is you can set those you can put as many or few on the bar you want and you can slide them up and down the bar okay you can do anything you want with them and then the third thing we did was and they will fall off. They're made to fall off. Um, they can get bent a little bit, but you can straighten them back out. Then I made some that the last ones we have that work with the 9 by 11 trap are for, um, uh, you know, woodchucks and raccoons and stuff like that. Because raccoons and, and, and animals can be rough on trigger wires if they're in a fixed position in a bar. Mm -hmm. So if they're solid in there, they can get a hold of them and sometimes bend them and break them. So... I made them so that they're spring steel, stainless. They've got a coil on each end. There's four posts on the swing bar. Now you bend this thing around in a loop and just pop them onto the bar. 
and they go through they're on there solid enough so that they just push through them once they're in there and fight them in the trap then they knock them off and then you just pop them back on again nice yep and you, you got to watch losing them because I mean, first time I did it, you know, I'm like, Oh, what I do? Oh man, I forgot. So I lost one, but, um, you, you save so much time because you just pop them back out. There's no straightening wires inside the trap or, or trying to feed them through the V or anything else. You just pop right back on. Yeah. And do you have, do you make any panned, any pan traps anymore? I, I have not. And, um, I, um, I, I say have not. I actually made one a few weeks ago. That's I don't even want to go into it. It's to, it's a hundred percent different than anything anybody's ever seen. So, um, but I I do want to refine it. So I do have one with a pan on it, and um, that one is actually gravity, and it, but it has a lock bar on it too, so it will lock up solid. But it's uh, I I go out there and make some crazy stuff sometimes, and then come back on it. You know, when I have time. That's what keeps things interesting. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I've got a trap that I'd I'd like to uh, get made. That's uh, that basically has um, no visible in in the cage body of the trap. It has no no pan and no wire trigger. When they reach for the bait, that's when they fire it. And, um, and then basically it's for a raccoon. So he's committed. He's, he's reaching back and he's not thinking about a door. And I mean, if the door starts to close, then there's no way he's going to pull his hand back and then, and then beat the door. No way. Yeah. And that's only a little short 24 inch trap, ridiculously short, but I get help from trappers too. They'll tell me, you know what I'd like? And uh, then they run it on me, and then we bat ideas back and forth, and then stuff gets built. Yeah, that's your research and development arm. That's that's the part I thought I'd have more time for. But then when like somebody like Jared Walker had called up and uh, had me building the, the 6 by 11s I get so tied up building those that I wouldn't have a chance to do the R&D because it takes time to get them to manufacture them to get set up with the jigs and everything to get them made, you know? So there's always a lag time there. So, and I, I've, I've got, now I've got, uh, we've got squirrel traps too that are, um, have a panel that closes from the inside out there. They're, they're like, um, a, uh, what do you call it? Colony trap. People look at them. They say, Oh, it's colony trap. I said, well, these are spring loaded. And it's got a swing panel in the middle. It's just wire, cage wire. And they push on it just like they do on any of the other ones. And it trips them in both doors close from the inside out. So the trap, it has to be a little bit longer because of that factor. But I did engineer one here recently, a couple of years ago. I've never fooled with it much, but it closes from the outside in. So um, I, there's all sorts of new stuff in the pipeline all the time. I just got to get time to do it. Yeah, that's that's a common problem, but but it's okay. It, I mean, if if everything was figured out and done, then boy, it'd be boring, wouldn't it? Very. Well, you know, see, I was the kind of guy that used to leave here years ago. Um, I used to just travel. It was a TV show. Probably, I don't know what year you were born. It was on in the 60s. Yeah, I was born in 83, so. <laughs> oh, okay, that 
So I guess there's uh, you probably missed a couple of the episodes. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Route 66, and it was Martin Milner and Ben Gazzara. And it was two young guys that traveled around the country in a Corvette on Route 66 because there was no major highways. They didn't have interstates then. That was the major route to California. And they just traveled around, went place to place, and uh you know, they'd work for a farmer uh, one day. They'd work for a carpenter the next day. They'd work in a restaurant or whatever. They just went from town to town. And uh, I used to take off in the summer in, in my truck and just live out of the back of it. I'd be gone for four, five, six months at a time and just go from town to town. <laughs> and people would say, well, where are you going? I'd say, well, I don't know. They say, well, how long are you going to be gone? I say, well, if I don't know where I'm going, how do I know how long I'm going to be gone? Right. What are you going to do? I said, well, if you can't answer the first two questions, how do I can answer the third? <laughs> You'll figure it out. Yeah. So we traveled with the carnival and I worked odd jobs and picked oranges in Florida and did all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of but, stories yeah. to tell now. Well, that's it. That's what made it fun because you didn't know what was going to happen. Now, I've got to ask you, if if you had to trap and you could not use a cage, what would you be your trap of choice? If I couldn't use a cage? You couldn't use a cage. For what specifically? You had to choose one trap. Well, I'll tell you what. I think I wrote an article one time about the 220 bear because I was in Virginia and at the end of the day, I sat down and I looked at my catch. And um, I had a couple of mink. I had an otter. I had some muskrats. I had a raccoon. I think I had a possum. And I had a red fox. And I realized that every single one of those animals had been caught in a 220 counter. Hard to beat. And just in one day, yeah, just in that one day. But you know, if if you if you need if you needed something to be all around, it would probably be a foot trap because you can hide them. Yeah, it would. It, you would have to say a foot trap, you know. But I, I say I remember that one day just having such a wide variety of catches, and they were all in a two twenty. And and I I guess I love two twenty and trail setting for coon. Um, you know, along the edge of the steep banks on the creeks, up in the trails along the ridges. I, it was a fellow, um, Dave Broughton, and he died many years ago. He's a nice fellow. And, and he said, you know, I catch coon in, um, um, in, in um, footholds and pocket sets, and I do okay with it. But, you know, I've heard about 220s. And I said, oh, boy, baby, now you're singing my song. I said, uh, pocket sets are fine. Call a lot of coon in them, but I said if you you get on to trail setting them, oh, that's the essence of trapping. No bait, no lure, nothing. And so anyway, I got over there and um, we trapped for the week. I think we picked up fifty three coon that week, so we had a decent week. And um, but the first the first day we went out and we had four or five coon in his pocket sets, nothing in the trail. And he's looking at me like, huh. Well, the second day we went out. Again, I think he had a half a dozen coon in his sets and one in the 220. And he's thinking, Why do I, what do I got this guy over here for? I'm wasting my time. I should have just stuck out what I was doing. 
Well, then the next day, I think we had seven or eight coon, and all but one of them were in 220s. So then he's like, oh, I guess this does work. There's there's nothing like catching nice dry coon up on a, on a trail, you know, yeah. not in the water, not Same muddy or anything else. Yep. And, and occasionally I got a neighbor over here who was an excellent trail, uh, trail setter, uh, with, with 220s years ago. And he, um, he would catch a lot of, a uh, lot of coon. And then he'd pick up a lot of incidental fisher. And then he also picked up even occasionally when he sat near the water, he picked up an otter or two. But, um, yeah, the 220 is a neat trap for that kind of stuff. But, you know, with the, our 9 by 11 cages, uh, probably that 30-inch 9 by 11 cage double door, you could set that in the trails just like you would conibears, and you're, I know you're going to knock them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the one thing now that people have come to realize that cage traps are not uh, a cop-out or a, you're not or a sellout or anything else. They're, they're not a lesser device no. because I catch, I catch 95% of my beaver in the cages, not because I make them and not because I'm trying to make a point because I can set them so fast, catch so easily and be done and, and have almost zero sprung traps. Yeah. Like, like anything else, you know, they have their place, and I I think they cages caught a bad rap for a while because they were pretty poorly designed. Well, now, what, what, what they didn't evolve. That's the thing. They stagnated. They they were they were pretty much pan trip rod gravity single door. Uh, some had double doors were okay, but they just. I'm looking at them and I'm like, this, there's just got to be a better way. But the, that, that power just changes everything. With, and then the wire trigger too. Because guys, when they're setting the raccoon traps on, on the animal damage control, they don't just um, uh, you know, set them level on the ground or set them level on a roof. They're screwing them in vertically, sideways, upside down, at angles, every oblique angle, everything you can imagine. And... Uh, um, they catch, <laughs> you know, you catch them in a positive set where they're coming out of a hole in a wall. Yeah. I wish we had more coon here. The rabies killed most of ours off, really? but yeah. uh, they've come back a little bit, but not substantially. And uh, I mean, some years I don't even get any coon calls at all. And, um, but there's guys like in the Midwest catching three, five, seven, nine hundred coon a year. Uh, they get them in chimneys. We, we also have a chimney trap, um, I don't have, like I say, the call here, but I saw a niche, a need for uh, something that was a little more uh, practical. The the ones that are being made that I saw were 43 inches long. Uh, some of them stuck up way up above the chimney, which to me seems like crazy. And there was one that went down in a chimney, but like I say, it was three and a half feet long, better than that. And so I made one that was only 29 inches with a door that closes from the outside in rather than inside out with a power door. And, um, and it just drops in the top of the chimney. You put a frame down first and drop the trap down in the coon comes up to climb out. He climbs all the way to the other end of the trap. When he gets to the top, he grabs on a bar, pulls it, the door closes behind him. And that's it. Nice. 
most of them you're going to catch are going to be females, so they probably wouldn't be as big as the male anyway. But you catch twenty pound coon in that little uh, five by nine by uh, twenty nine thirty inch trap, really. Easy. It was it was a fellow out in Iowa, Adam Utterback. He he got two of them one year. Didn't hear back from him, so I called him. I said, "Did you ever catch anything in those traps?" I never heard back. And he goes, "That's the best trap I ever had." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I said you're serious." He goes, absolutely. He says, I said it, and every time I said it, I got a coon. And he says, yep, got eight or nine of them last year. I'm like, whoa, Adam. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> when, you, when you don't hear from someone, you always assume, you wonder what, you know, what are they thinking? They must not have liked it. You know, um, that's what you would think. But, you know, over the years, uh, you know, the natural thing is to have kind of negative thoughts or like, geez, he must not have liked it. He never called us back. He never said anything. But actually, that's a good thing. If you don't hear from them, no news they did, news. that's it. They did well. They did well. If if you get the call, you know, the, you know what happened? Oh, I think I'm going to know. <laughs> <laughs> then they, they start they start in. That's the worst call you get. You know what just happened? Oh, what is it? <laughs> then we'll work through it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. And and the thing is, I I recognize the fact that this nothing is perfect, and I'm always listening. And we had built raccoon traps for almost ten years. When some guys were saying, when the trap was set upside down, a raccoon could lay on its belly and reach through after the trap had fired and grab the lock bar and pull it back, and not enough to get out most all the time. But if they could pull that lock bar back five and six inches, I watched it on a video. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had left a one-inch gap in the top there. But right away, I was on the phone to manufacture 10 minutes after I hung up. And I said, we're going to change the traps. And um, he said, well, what do we got to do? I said, all we got to do is make the, the wire on the door a half inch higher. That's it. And it'll end it. And it's a lot of times the fix is very subtle, very simple, but I won't settle for, well, they only get out sometimes. That only happens once in a while. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, I'm like, no, no. If I know it happens, it's never going to happen again. Well, it's good to have that flexibility with just one manufacturer and a you know, small manufacturer that you can make those changes if you need to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I recognize, too, there, there are some changes. If you called up, you'd say, well, they'd say, well, we got to we got to retool for everything. We got to change it all around. And that's that's not going to be a simple thing. And I know it from my own perspective because we built the traps here. But um, when you got something that requires um, a, just a very minor little fix, you know, uh, make a rod a little longer, a little shorter, or file an angle or do something, um, we're on it. We're doing it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I don't settle for anything because I know what it's like. I've been out there. We, you know, you're a trapper. I'm a trapper. What's the worst feeling? Then going through the process of doing everything right, catching the animal, and then have it get away? Yeah. Oh, how many times have you gone out and seen where your foot traps there, it sprung laying down, and the circle was torn up a little bit, and he's gone? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> You know, yeah, Kyle, you had a lot invested at that point. Oh, yeah. You think, you know, you had the right lure, you had the right location, you drove out there, you made the right set, and you caught him, but he got away. 
I had that with a Wolverine in Alaska twice. Oh, did really? Yeah. (laughs) What do you get out of? Uh, Number four double long spring. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. They pulled the tough, tough animal. Pulled right out. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it even at all. (laughs) No, those those critters, those in the honey badgers. Have you seen those on in Africa? Uh, No, I haven't. Oh, you got to go online and watch the honey badger. There's there's some videos on there that show that animal. They're beyond genius. They had one that was in a pen. They look like a wolverine, uh, uh, but a little bit smaller. And they're the same way. You know, anything in the weasel family, they got two speeds, fast and very fast. <laughs> and when when this wolverine was in a pen, he looked, or uh, this honey badger, he looked around. There was one log in there. He leaned the log up against the corner and climbed out. Jeez. So then they took the log out. Well, there was rocks in there. He piled all the rocks in the corner and got out. So they took all the rocks out. Then it rained. He rolled mud balls, piled Jeez. mud balls up and got out. <laughs> About then, I think I had to put a top on the cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say uh raise your hand uh excuse me (laughs) i don't want to be a wise guy but (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. no they're 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 a neat critter the honey badger and the wolverine you had experience with the wolverine up there that's neat yeah yeah did you catch or did they both the ones that had pull out i a week we caught one but i can't take credit for it because the guy that i was with that that had me up there um he set the snare that caught it so i can't take credit for that but um, we did get one while I was there, and, but we got a lot of lynx. Uh, oh, okay. The bulk of our catch was, was lynx. Now, what did you stare with? Half-inch cable? <laughs> uh, no, the, the wolverine? No. Um, it was actually 16th-inch. Uh, it was 16th-inch uh, uh, cable, but it had a kill spring on the snare. Ah, I see. So and, it buried deep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. No kidding! Oh, that is th- th- that's got to be one fun animal to catch. That's intriguing. Yeah, yeah. There and that one. Yeah, that one was like you think. Like I trap Martin and Fisher here in, in Maine, and they're pretty mean for their size. But imagine, uh, oh, yeah. a, an animal that that Wolverine was thirty eight pounds. Oh, you caught a thirty eight pounder. That is a lot. That is a lot of weasel. Oh right there. my god! Oh, <laughs> that, well, you know, I used to think. Oh, they can't be that tough. They only weigh 20, 30 pounds or so. Well, um, we actually at one point had some whole frozen wolverines sent down from Alaska. And um, uh, this friend of mine was actually was Dave Broughton, the one in Vermont. He, he had a cape business. And uh, so I remember uh, looking at that thing. It was, about, uh, it was in the low 30s, I think, maybe around 30, 31, two pounds. It was a good size male. And uh, looking at how massive the jaws and the forearms were on that thing, it was just incredible. Yeah. I mean, they are the pit bull. They're just, uh, it's just that thing's a beast. If that thing was on you, you might as well just shoot yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jim, uh, did we did we miss anything? Anything else you wanted to talk about? Oh, absolutely not. We covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> Judy might have had something. I heard her in the background a little bit. Oh, she always does. I'm here. I'm just biting my tongue. <laughs> uh-huh. 
What was the other thing I missed? Was there something that? Uh, I don't what know. was it? You had written down there. Yeah, she feeds me stuff once in a while when I leave things out. Don't forget to say this or don't forget that. <laughs> oh, I, I I'll tell you one funny story. When we were in California, um, we used to use a little bit of fiberglass to put underneath the pans. And uh, I guess they use fiber fill now. I guess that's better if you're going to be, you know, uh, dirt trapping. But um, so we had the fiberglass there and, and I, I put it in my shirt pocket, you know, just stuff it in there and, um, you know, just kept filling it up and emptying it out or whatever. Well, uh, evidently the shirt went through the wash. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the fiberglass in it. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was putting on my stuff and I said, I think I want to wash some of this again. It's kind of a little itchy, you know, and uh, Jude says, oh, it's not bothering me. I said, oh, okay. So anyway, I'm driving around and I'm looking for new spots to check in traps and looking out the window. And all of a sudden I look over, there's Judy sitting there in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> She goes, I'm going to scream. I can't take it anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess if you wanted to, uh, I guess if you wanted to mess somebody, that's what you need to do. Throw a handful of uh, fiberglass into the wash and yeah. let it rip. <laughs> yeah. Polyfill is a lot more forgiving. <laughs> a lot, a lot better. A lot better. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, thanks Jim. This has been great. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll have to do it again sometime. Oh yeah, anytime you want. It's been fun. All right. Well, you take care and have a good night. And you got a you got a groundhog to get out of a trap, right? Yeah, I got to drive a half hour to get it, and then check beaver traps after that. So all right. Well, I you have... guess it's going to be a late night. Have Have a good evening, and uh, and thanks again. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. And now it's time for the Cots Bros message of the week. So Kyle wanted me to let you guys know that they have a limited supply inventory of TS-85 traps ready to ship. So this is important because uh, the TS-85, just like everything else seemingly in the industry, everything is backlogged. It's hard to get supplies. It's hard to get uh, uh, materials to make this stuff. And so these traps have been on a back order three to four weeks for delivery. Um, and the price is up. They're 20, they went from 26 bucks to 29. Um, they're, uh, 29.75 for a single trap, 2.97 for a dozen, still very reasonable, um, very reasonably priced trap for what you get. Um, but everything in the industry is going up in price and it's going to be harder and harder to find. Um, right now, if you go ahead and order cotsbros.com, you can get those TS-85s in stock until they uh, until they sell out of those. And then it's going to be a little while longer. Uh, it Typically, it's looking like about three to four weeks uh, for delivery most of the time. But if you listen to this and sometime this week, you get on the Cotsbros website, place your order, you should be able to get those uh, ASAP. All right, folks. Uh, folks guys what are what am i calling you anymore i don't know anyway uh thank you again for listening in it's great to have you and thanks for your folks who have uh have gotten in touch with me i got maybe one or two i haven't got back to um but yeah thank and thanks for the sponsors uh moyle cots bros and uh and onyx because honestly 
if it wasn't for uh, my commitments to those sponsors, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing the show right now this time of year. It, it's just so busy uh, that uh, it, it is, uh, it's, it's something that I, I really have to, uh, to, to work hard at <laughs> making myself do it, but it's a commitment. It's a commitment. And thanks to the folks that are relying on, on me to keep this going. And for the listeners that email me every once in a while, Greg from Maine, I got that from you this past week. Uh, just, just thanking me for continuing doing the, the show every week. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, it is sometimes difficult to, to get it all. Uh, and it, you know, Guys like Jim Comstock, you know, talking to him, just so excited and passionate about trapping. And you lose that sometimes when you're not talking with other trappers uh, for a long period of time. you got other stuff going on, and uh, you're not quite so excited about it. you just got a million other things to think about, and then the season gets going, it gets closer, and then you're getting ready, and you're getting your supplies, and you're talking to people, and, and all that kind of comes back in into the the front of your mind Uh, but that's what conventions are for right convention season's coming up Um, I've uh, someone asked me the other day uh, I think Pat from Mass was asking if I was going to go to the main convention Um, I get some things going on here that I may may not be able to make it but I actually am I guess Neil's convention Neil Olson's is is not taking place this year correct me if I'm wrong if anybody hears that but I believe that's being put off for another year, but the main convention, main trappers association convention is on and that'll be in September and there's a possibility I'm going to be there. So anyway, for folks who are local, you want to maybe hang out. I'm, I'm going to see if I can make that if everything kind of falls, falls into place. So there's a lot of stuff going on. We got another kid on the way. I'll just let you, I'll just uh, let you in on that. I'm going to have a, a, a baby do and, uh, sometime in August. And so that's going to kind of, uh, take, obviously take uh, priority, but anyway, I, I'm hoping by September we'll be getting ready to get into trapping mode and, and, um, hopefully find a way to get together with some other trappers and hang out and talk trapping. So until next time, till next week, keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping. We'll catch you on the next episode.